G'day team, welcome back to the New Year Revolution series. Uh, this is episode two. I hope you are, hope you're having a great time, enjoying yourself and uh, having a bit of fun. Here we go. Uh, today I want to talk to you about doing things that we do habitually, consistently, uh, often unconsciously that don't work. And they could be things that we do, you do, I do with food, with lifestyle, with booze, with cigarettes or drugs, with uh, our career, with work in general, with spending money, with communication, with parenting, with relationships, with culture at work, with all of the variables that make up your life and mine. So uh, we are creatures of habit. We are creatures of patterns and rules and rituals. Uh, a lot of those patterns and habits and behaviors that are kind of ingrained into our day-to-day uh, -day kind of operating system, our normal operating system, the default setting that we have. A lot of things that we do don't work, if we're honest. So, for example, I spent years years trying to convince my mum quite a while ago now, who my mum who smoked back in the day, I spent about 20 years having uh, essentially the same conversation with my mum, talking to my mum about how much I loved her and I didn't want her to smoke because it was terrible and horrible. Um, and despite the fact that my intentions were good, despite the fact that what I was saying was relevant and uh, for the most part accurate um, in terms of the science and the information I was giving her, the truth is that my mum didn't want to fucking talk to me about smoking and she didn't want me giving her advice uh, because she loved the old darts. She loved the old ciggies and she wanted to smoke. So despite the fact that my intentions were good, despite the fact that I loved my mum and I wanted to kind of, you know, help her, the truth was I was doing something that didn't work. I was having a version of the same conversation week in, week out for years and a uh, typically all that I would create with that conversation was resentment and disconnection and a slightly pissed off mother who wouldn't talk to me for a few days. And rather than me hitting the pause button, having a moment of self-awareness and realization and going, what I'm doing isn't working, I kept doing the thing that didn't work. And it's not that we should never have a conversation like that, but it's, you know, think about how many of us how many of us have conversations which are, you know, the same conversation or a version of the same conversation, often about the exact same issue with the same people day in, day out. We, we have the same approach, the same strategy. We use the same words. We're talking about the same stuff and we produce the same outcome, which is it doesn't work. It doesn't connect. We don't get them into that light bulb space or that behavioral change space that we want to, or we don't create the connection or the awareness that we want to. And so part of creating great outcomes, part of living this kind of purpose-filled life, part of thinking better and doing better and producing better on planet us Part of that is being able to hit the pause button and say, ask with great curiosity, what am I doing that doesn't work? What is the thing that I, and it could be a conversation, it could be your relationship with booze, it could be, and and these are not groundbreaking concepts, are they? Well, it could be your relationship with food, it could be a, a component of your lifestyle, it could be like, for example, I did a thing consistently which didn't work and I knew it because... I'm 
in this space anyway, somewhat educated. And the thing that I did for years and years and years was uh, I would undersleep and I would just be the alpha male, the chest-beating alpha male. I'll tough it out. I can do it. Yeah, I can get by on five hours sleep. Well, I can get by on five hours sleep, but I can't work optimally. I can't be in my best state, physically, mentally, emotionally on five hours. Can I survive? Well, technically, yes. Is it good for me? No, it's fucked. Is it good for my immune system? No. Is it good for my output? No. Is it good for my energy? No. Is it good for my physical, mental, and emotional health? No, it's not. But can I survive? Well, I can, but that still doesn't mean it's a good idea. Like survival's not my goal. Thriving, not surviving. So, so the question is, well, what's the best amount of sleep? What's the best number of hours? And it varies a little bit. But what I know now is I know that for me, somewhere around eight, for me, this is not a suggestion or a recommendation, but what is the what is the thing that you are doing that you are aware of that you are on some level, probably waiting for the right time or some kind of opportunity or some kind of, I don't know, shift before you do that. Like so many of us spend so much of our life waiting for the right time to do stuff where deep down we know for a long time, I had an unhealthy relationship with food for a long time. I I ate, I was educated. I, I was intelligent enough. I knew what I was doing. But nonetheless, because I loved instant gratification, I loved putting that shit in my mouth that would make me temporarily 5, 10, 20, 30 minutes feel great. It would give me that dopamine hit. It would change my brain biochemistry. I'd feel fucking great. And then 30 minutes later, I'd feel complete rubbish because I'm doing this thing which is out of alignment and inconsistent with health out of alignment and inconsistent with who I want to be and how I want to be. And it's it's bigger than just changing and making a decision because I was somewhat addicted to that, right? So it's a little bit more complicated, but we can't change the thing that we won't acknowledge. We can't change the thing um, that, that we won't own up to. So for me, much of my life has been recognizing and owning up to the dumb shit that I do and I have done consistently. I blamed my genetics for a long time. When I was in and out of shape all the time, I knew that it was me because I know I can't change my genetics, but I can change the way that I manage them. Really, what got me when I was the 14-year-old morbidly obese kid, what got me there was um, it wasn't my genetics. It wasn't. Yes, I was genetically predisposed to be more likely to carry body fat and weight and be heavier because, you know, I'm an endomorph. That's my kind of default setting, which means exactly what I just described. But but really why I ended up in such a state and then again later in my 20s where I regained a whole lot of weight, it wasn't because my genetics were all of a sudden better or worse or different. It was because my behavior <laughs> was different. It was because I was making decisions and doing things which created poor outcomes. And again, this is, as I say all the time, this is not about self-loathing. This is about self-awareness. You know, for a very long time, I had a, a curious relationship with my dad. God bless him. Love him. He's still around. Um, and it wasn't always, it wasn't that it was bad or, or um, problematic. It was that there wasn't always a great connection and it wasn't always smooth sailing. And I, I for a long time thought that was about him. 
But the truth was, and the truth is, that it was actually about me. It was more about me than him because I was expecting my dad to think like me. I was expecting my dad to just understand what I thought and to be like me. And to and so my expectations were based on not how my dad is, but how I thought my dad should be. Not how my dad would typically think or respond or behave, but how I thought he should think or respond or behave. And so I was actually creating. And the moment that I went, hey, this doesn't work, this thinking, this kind of operating system that I have around my dad and the way that we, it doesn't work. I'm thinking he should be like me. One, that's ridiculous. Two, how arrogant is that? So when I started to expect my dad, and this is not on any level an insult, but I started to expect my dad to be like my dad, to communicate like my dad. Um, and I started to open the door on um, what's that book called The Five Love Languages. Some of you heard me talk about it many times on my other show on the U Project, but I started to understand my dad's love language. Uh, and if you don't know anything about love languages, Google that and have a look at the the five different love languages. You'll get a bit of a pricey version, a bit of a snapshot, but it gives you an insight into understanding how other people work. So for a long time, I had this uh, kind of unproductive, slightly problematic, not majorly, but slightly problematic and not always kind of smooth sailing relationship with my dad because I was doing what didn't work. You know, um, some people have been waiting for the right time since the 90s. It doesn't work. It's not about, for the most part, success and change and transformation and growth and learning and awesomeness and happiness and joy. It's not about waiting for the thing to come along. It's not about waiting for the right time to take actions. Quite often, timing is a thing, but in my opinion and my experience, for the most part, it's finding the right mindset. Because guess what? Success and growth and learning and development and, and creating our best life is so often inconvenient. It is uncertain. It is messy. It is uncomfortable. It is all of that shit. And we you know, think even more broadly about how addicted we are in our culture to comfort. How's that going for us? How's that that obsession that we have with comfort going as a as a culture and as a community and as a nation? How's it going for you? You know, so much we avoid the thing that will give us the most value benefit growth, which is getting uncomfortable. And I've spoken about discomfort already on this show. But when I do the hard thing, the necessary but hard thing, even though I don't want to do it in inverted commas, I know that I need to do it. I embrace it. I step into it. I lean into it. And, and a byproduct of doing the thing that does work versus the thing that doesn't work, being programmed for comfort. When I do the thing that does work, even though it's uncomfortable, I learn and grow and evolve and build resilience and all of those things. So we're going to take a quick break and I'll be back with a question. And we're back. So I've rabbited on as I do. What's the thing on planet you that isn't working? See you tomorrow.